This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Wee Boon. If you've opened up the newspapers or go online lately, you'll probably be reading the news of stock in the bear market territory, um, news of rising interest rates, the great crypto crash that happened about a week ago, inflation all around, and you know continuing geopolitical issues like the war in Ukraine. All of this has been sparking fears of a recession. So basically, when it comes to fraying nerves and causing all of us to sweat buckets, 2022 has really been outperforming. No one's finances are immune as losses mount in most of our portfolios. So what do you do? when everything is in the red? I mean, how do you guard against losses and make the most of what you have? Joining me to discuss this and share some thoughts is Annie Hall, a licensed financial advisor with Harveston Financial Group. Good morning and welcome to the show, Annie. Okay, let's start with an assessment of the situation. I know I've just outlined it, but you know, the question that I keep getting on and on from my friends and acquaintances is why why is everything getting more expensive? I mean, do you get the same questions too? And what are you telling your friends then? It is. Um, everybody is saying that um, things are getting more expensive. I don't think anyone is saying that um, things are cheaper, obviously. Okay, let's put it this way. I mean, if you have um, the things are low in supply, for example, and there's always a high demand, uh, naturally pl- price will increase, right? So, and right now we're talking about shortages in fuel, wheat, uh, flour, and even chicken, for example, right? So there are these are this basic necessity that are increasing in price and also because due to a supply shortage in other in the exporting countries. So let me give you an example. If your uh, groceries, for example, is a $1,000 a month, and if you're talking about a 40% increase, that's possibly looking at 400 ringgit extra every time you dine out um, or buy groceries in a month. You know, you're talking about your nasi lemak, your curry noodle, which you eat outside every day will actually increase in price and it's going to hurt your wallet and definitely going to affect your budget. So things are expensive because there's also things uh, this, this thing called inflation. Businesses need to make more profit to cover the raw materials increase, the minimum wage, etc. So over last weekend, I was in a cafe and, you know, it's, it's really amaze me when you see a cafe sorry a cake that costs easily like 16 ringgit in this kind of trendy cafe these days that's not including your coffee you know and if you spend about 50 ringgit on just coffee and cake in a week that's 200 dollars a month that's so expensive just for coffee and cakes and we would if you eat out you know um, a lot or just maybe socially just for go to for, go for a nice meal and it costs you just say maybe 50 ringgit a meal on your own per person and if you dine out three times a week, that's what, 150 ringgit a week, 600 ringgit a month, just for a nice meal, three times a week. And that's not even the actual total food or your groceries for the whole month. So everything is just expensive. Imagine you bring, out, bring your whole family out. So you do the math, how much would that cost, right? And just that's just not about your food and your groceries. E- even your insurance premium um, for medical especially is increasing in price. So, and because due to the medical inflation claims, um, et cetera. So these are the things that are going to cost you more moving forward. So nothing is actually cheap these days. So what does one do when everything around you is getting more expensive? And let's assume the only thing that's not increasing is your salary, your the, your own cash <laughs> flow, right? I think that's the most common complaint you see when you go online or, what, or talk to anyone. Okay, um, I think there are three things I can sum up um, that 
perhaps people can look into would be number one, to relook at your monthly expenses. Number two is find ways to make more money. And number three is to find ways to grow your, your money. Okay, we'll look at number one. What, how can you relook at your monthly expenses? You really need to dive deep into your expenses and see what are the things you can trim? What are the things that you don't actually need? Okay, so you need to differentiate your need and your want. I need a phone, but I don't need a 4,000 ringgit phone, for example. Okay, so I give an example. So recently, I did a restructuring with my telco because I currently have a family plan with home fiber and four, uh, four lines. So, and that costs the whole family 400 ringgit a month. So I did a call to my telco and say, hey, what, what, what do you have right now that is um, uh, that I can maintain my current plan, but uh, is there something that I could pay less? And you know what? I actually could pay less after my contract ends, which is like two months time. So currently I'm paying 400 ringgit, right? So what my telco uh, provider was saying that you can actually pay 299. That's a hundred ringgit savings every month. That's a lot of vegetables and food. I can buy even coffee, for example, right? So you need to go and relook at your expenses, whether it's your telco, your TV subscription, your internet bill, your gym membership, and see whether you can save even 100 here, 100 there, and that would be, and, and come to a more, and get a more cost-effective plan, okay? Um, and then, of course, if you're into, if, you're, if you need to do groceries or buy uh, food, for example, then you need to start planning, rationing. Um, when I do groceries, I would have a list. So I would have a list of what to buy and try and stick to the list and not over-purchase, for example. So to just avoid wastage. And of course, if your community has a bulk, um, bulk, bulk buy, you can always see whether you can join in and see whether it's worthwhile, for example. And of course, another way is to save more money is, of course, if you can plant your own vegetables, which I know a lot of people have done that during the lockdown, right? You could, if you have a lot, sell it to your friends, sell it to your neighbors, right? And which brings us down to the next point is how to find, uh, find ways to make more money. All right, so you can you could have a side hustle somewhere, but if your you know if your day job just gives you so much, there's no salary increase, and you are you are faced with um rising interest rate rise you know inflation things are more expensive. You if you don't want to live in credit, you want to make more money. All right, and so find ways to make more money, like give tuition classes, e-hailing drivers, yoga instructor, baker, usher in events, whatnot, and of course. If your employment doesn't allow you to have a second job, or maybe you don't even have time to go for a second job, then you have to now learn to grow whatever money you have, grow your net worth. Because the word inflation is not just one day, two days, today, tomorrow. Because we are not the only one affected. Malaysians are not the only one affected by inflation. Everyone in the world is affected by it. Even if you can get by today, five years down the road, if your income is the same, you will be very much impacted because the money that is sitting in the bank that you have right now will depreciate in value and you will lose the purchasing power you had five years ago. So you need to actually grow your money. So I sum it up would be relook at your expenses, your budgeting, find ways to make more money and also find ways to grow your money. Okay, let's talk about the expenses bit earlier on, right? How do you decide what to cut down and what not to cut down? You know, living expenses versus necessities, you know, because I think for the, the inexperienced, right, they're going to start looking at even things like insurance and whatnot, where they don't see an immediate return. 
as a consideration to cut down. So how do you sit down and kind of think like, okay, this one I cannot no matter what cut, but this one maybe I can make some adjustments. Okay, first thing is you need to look at it from your point of view and then get someone, an experienced, maybe even licensed financial advisor to come and look and give you advice from their point of view as well. When we look at, uh, the, most of the time when I look at uh, a person's expenses, a big bulk of it goes into groceries and dining out. A lot is spent on those items, okay? Uh, apart from your housing and car, but a lot of money goes into your cake and coffees, all right? So if you can save more by cooking and bringing leftover food from the yesterday's dinner for your lunch to save more money, you got to do it. And if you really need coffee, you maybe want to consider investing in a good coffee machine and bring your own coffee to work. So between your gym membership and maybe your insurance, for example, I would say your insurance is more important. You could work out at home. It's free, you know, and or you could just run in a park, for example, if you're really strapped with cash. So you really need to know what is a need and what is a want. Insurance is very important because in case of hospitalization, you know, you need, you and you don't have the funds to be hospitalized, you need to write on insurance to pay your bills, all right? And of course, you, really, you, you also need to find out like what is important. And if you can, I mean, you can afford Starbucks every day, you can definitely pay your insurance premium, right? Right. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Boon. And today's topic is what to do when everything around you is getting more expensive, you know, especially coming from the economic climate of inflation, rising interest rates, everything is going to cost more now. How do you approach this? What are the strategies to take? Uh, joining me to discuss this and share some thoughts is Annie Hall, a licensed financial advisor with Harveston Financial Group. Um, Annie, so with all this realization that things are getting more expensive, your income is maybe not increasing. And yes, the tips that you gave were really useful. But I think a lot of people, their immediate reaction is to save more, to save, 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 save where I can. But is saving truly the best course of action for now? Um, and when it comes to saving, how do you strategize your saving? Should I just keep saving or I save to a limit and then I think about the next steps? Okay, um, savings is important, especially for emergency funds. And it's a big must for emergency funds. Uh, three to six months of your monthly expenses if you are employed, if you're self-employed, six to 12 months. Okay, so um, anything else above and beyond that amount, you should actually make it work harder for you. When I say work harder for you is you're, you're in employment, you're working or you're in running a business, you're working, making, churning out more money. The extra monies that you make, you need to deploy it into investments, all right? So you have to ask yourself, are you sitting on too much cash and not exploring investment portfolios? And if yes, why? What is stopping you from exploring those items? Because interest rates, yes, um, when you put your money in fixed fixed deposit, for example, or savings account, the return or the interest is a way too low to actually grow your money. Okay, and low interest rate is already a threat to your savings. The money, and you ask yourself, it's funny, right? You ask yourself, why is my money not growing? You know, why are things more expensive? It's because your money is actually not growing with um 
what the FD rate of 1.5, 1.7 right now, how is it good? How much can it grow? 10,000 ringgit can grow with one year at 1.5%. Let's say it's only $150. And you ask yourself that, you know, how, why is our things are more expensive? Uh, why are things more expensive? When it comes to these savings, right? What do you think would threaten the savings at the moment? How do you protect your savings is basically the question here. I think what, what tra- would threaten your savings would actually be the low interest rate given by the banks. Um, yes, your capital is protected. Let's say you put a 10,000 ringgit inside. Your capital is protected by PIDM. It's there. Um, just that the interest is a bit too low. You will lose your purchasing power. You will lose to inflation as uh, somehow. Sometime, you know, you will just lose to it. So um, even though it's capital protected, you will not have the same purchasing power you have even in the next year, for example. So I would, and and the other risk, I think it will be because it is in your savings bank account, you will look look at it and suddenly there is, you know, like right now, the borders are open, it's endemic stage, everyone wants to travel and you're itching to travel and you're like, okay, let's dip into your savings to travel, right? So, but always remember the savings is for emergency funds you earmark it as urgent emergency funds. Do not do not use it for any other purpose. Now, we move on to uh, growing your money, right? How do you yeah. even start to approach investing in this current environment? I think first, you you if you are not familiar with the envi- investment, then you need to speak to people who are, for example. Number one, you could speak to the investment managers. You could speak to the investment um, advisors, for example, or licensed financial advisor. Or you could speak to more of your friends or colleagues or family members who have done investment, who can share some tips and share some advice with you on how to start, for example. And or you could do some reading if you if you have the time and you have the interest, invest in yourself by reading and watching a lot more of like, you know, there's a lot of YouTubes available. That's obviously BFM. You could listen to every <laughs> Thursday, for example, right? Listen and learn first, right? And before you start investing, you know, but if you really want to start and at the same time learn, then do both. Seek a financial advisor, listen to the radio, read more, that and, and you can start somewhere, right? But I think one thing is that um, people, especially the younger ones, um, younger ones, obviously, they are the either the ones that are really aggressive or really conservative. The really conservative, then you need to start slow, it's fine. Just take, take your uh, take your pace and then you know start slow but by by doing what I mentioned learning and you know uh, watching watching and reading more for example but those who are aggressive I would say don't be greedy don't invest when you're desperate especially you know when people invest when they are desperate chances are they will make the wrong decision they will end up investing in scams because all things that are too good to be true or even investing more than they should have. For example, they should not invest in their emergency funds. And because there's a hearsay that this is good and you know you should put all your money inside, that's not the way of investing. And, and of course, some people may not have the money to invest, so they borrow to invest. So that is one thing you should not do. Do not borrow to invest. Don't invest monies that you don't have because investments are not guaranteed and uh, it will probably take me to long term to see some money. But of course, with the current environment, right, the term buying the dip comes out quite often, you know, fear of missing out. So how do you approach this line of thinking, right, between taking the risk to buy the dip, taking the, this opportunity to make money versus being a bit more conservative and being a bit more cautious with where you allocate your money because things are uncertain now? 
I think for those who are a bit FOMO, right, you know, you you can buy the dip. Even if you're not, you know, right now the market is on a big mega sale, right? Buy low, sell high or sell higher. If you're buying it for long term, you know, or mid to long term, it's okay to buy at a dip right now. But the thing is, you do not know if the market is, we do not know actually if the market is at a rock bottom, right? So if you plan to perhaps, let's say, invest 10000 then you want to say maybe stagger it and do it in three or four tranches, for example, so that if it dips further, you have some money to go in rather than you have put everything inside the investment and it dips further, all you do is just look at it. You can't, you can't dollar cost average it, for example. Even buying the dip, you need to strategize. And how would you advise people against making rash decisions because like earlier on right that you did mention that if the current uh, income is not good enough then you need to figure out how to make more money you know maybe change your job but for some this might be a rash decision right don't resign without a job unless it's taking a toll on your mental health okay um and that's why especially unless you have an emergency funds that's why that's why i always say have emergency funds because if you really need to quit your job then you have the emergency funds to actually get by for the time being. But with everything increasing in price, uh, you may want to reconsider the big purchase of like, you know, your house or, or car, for example, or any big commitments. Because if you think that buying the house and paying for the house is like just chukup chukup, you know, just get just barely there, think again. Because when the interest rate goes up, which we already had one round, um, you need to make sure that you can stomach the additional amount. I had one client who asked me, um, who was telling me that she wants to buy a house and her repayment was going to be thousand five a month, say example. Um, and then I say, what if the the repayment interest rate goes up and your repayment is thousand seven? Can you afford it? And her answer to me was, can go up one day. <laughs> so she didn't realize that. Yes, it can go up. She probably thought it was just thousand five throughout, and it's the same throughout. So she could afford that. So I say no. If the interest rate goes up, and if it goes up to additional one hundred, two hundred more, where is the one hundred and two hundred more going to come from? Is it going to come from okay, right? Look, look, I have to reduce my. I guess I can't save more money. I can't invest um my money because I need to pay for my house. So and that's a very a big mistake that you've already made by buying this house that you clearly cannot afford. So if you cannot afford to buy a place, rent. If you still live with your parents, do that because you can save a lot of money by doing that. Okay, Annie, so you're a parent. How should a parent approach this when it comes to the expenses of their child? Um, first thing is that you need to plan. You, have, you need to have forward thinking. All right. Um, when we talk about monthly expenses for the children, it could be like milk, diapers, education, their school fees and whatnot. Um, they are nannies, for example. Um, but the future cost is usually the education, which will come to a big bulk, you know, of, of our savings and uh, our investments. So, but I think one thing for, I, I noticed is that parents today will try and give a, uh, the best to their children, definitely. Um, and But you need to make sure that the best, when I mean best for education, it could be giving them private and international school, for example. But you need to make sure can and ask yourself if you can afford it, you know, not just for the first year and the second year, whether you can actually afford the education throughout the, um, what, 12 years? 12 years for the primary and secondary and then to college because you don't want to 
exhaust all your funds paying for school fees, private and private and international fees um, for the 12 years and you have no money left for their college and their uh, university fees. All right. So you need to actually plan ahead and plan properly. And of course, sometimes um, with kids, with, with children, it's that you can always be creative. We don't really need to buy expensive toys. Um, we can always use, uh, be creative and use whatever household items in our house just to keep them busy and keep them creative as well. All right. So finally, to sum it all up, few quick tips that you can give our listeners or advice you can tell them to cope with the time. Okay, so I think coming back to the, the, the what I mentioned earlier is you really, really need to relook at your uh, expenses first, your own budget expenses. Relook at that because that's your existing uh, resources, for example. And then relook at your own investment portfolio later or your own savings and see how can you can grow further. You know whether you should take more risk to invest in um uh high high equity for example like equities for example and your savings are you sitting on too much uh cash do you want to deploy some to more more to investments for example so I would say these are the three things that I would uh advise. All right, and we've reached the end of today's episode of Ringgit and Cents. I've been speaking to Annie Hall, a licensed financial advisor with Harveston Financial Group. Join us again next week for more discussion on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Sim Wee Boon signing off for the morning run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.